You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. Well, we have Todd Baldwin and Ryan Nielsen on the call, and they are with InvestorNitro.com. That's a great domain, guys. I got to give you props for that because we're going to spend uh, some time and talk a little bit about real estate investment leads made easy. And uh, I hope you guys can help us out because you both are a part of a company that helps investors find that digital presence, find those consistent leads online, right? That is correct. So as we chatted early on, we wanted to make sure that we we uh, start at the very beginning and talk a little bit about what people typically do on their own and struggle through some of this versus a value proposition that you bring, you know, a company such as yours. So can you, can you talk a little bit about what you've seen in the past and what type of results? I know that's jumping right in, but I, I think that's where we need to start. Yeah, we can. I'll, let me just tell you a little bit about a quick backstory, how we got into the real estate investment space. Sure. Back in April of uh, 2016, we had an opportunity to present to webuyhouses.com. Mm-hmm. Don't confuse them with We Buy Ugly Houses, just simply webuyhouses.com, a national brand. And what webuyhouses.com does, they sell counties to real estate investors. And if you purchase a county, you're the only investor in that county. And they're very big on Google ads, used to be known as AdWords or pay-per-click advertising. Mm -hmm. And webuyhouses.com, they will actually build out a campaign for their investor, their licensees, they like to call them. But what they don't do, JD, is they don't actively manage those campaigns for them on an ongoing daily, weekly, monthly basis. So it's pretty much build it out, set it, and forget it. So that was our end. That was our opportunity to come in and talk to their licensees on why it is beneficial for an agency like us to actually come in. It's been trained by Google, certified by Google, and actually manage those AdWords campaigns or known as Google ads now, manage those campaigns on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And so you talk about them trying to do it themselves. That's what we experienced out of the gate with a lot of the licensees with We Buy Houses. And I'll give you a quick example because we did an audit on some of those campaigns one of their biggest investors at the time was out of Phoenix. And when we looked at his AdWords campaign, um, we noticed he was spending several hundred bucks a month on the keyword, we buy bounce houses. Now, when I say bounce house, I'm referring to the kid, mm-hmm. play kid bounce house. And this particular investor had no idea that he was literally throwing two, $300 away a month just out the window uh, because he was his ads were being served up on that search, those keywords, and he was getting clicks which obviously if someone's looking for a bounce house and lands on a real estate investment landing page, they're going to exit very quickly with, with no action, no conversion. So that's how we got into the space. And since then, which will be five years this April, we've been working with real estate investors around the country, trying to help not only with their Google ads, but website development and their, really their overall presence online, in particular Google. Uh, and we also do some Facebook paid ads as well. 
Well, b- before then, had you worked with any real estate investors? Not until, not prior to uh, November or excuse me, April of 2016, we had never worked with any real estate investors. We, we've worked with other verticals, um, do a lot of service, uh, work a lot of service-based businesses as well, but real estate investors become one of our main verticals. And so I feel like we have a really good experience in that space as, as far as what these guys are looking for, which everybody's looking for the motivated seller. Right. So can you talk a little bit about like the research and the work that you went into to, to figure out this new industry? Well, we, we've done a ton of Google ads in the past as far as, so we felt like we had a good uh, feel of how to make Google ads work for a particular mm-hmm. business. So when we jumped into the real estate investment space, um, we, were, we were able to talk a lot with the We Buy House team and look at those campaigns and, and see what the keywords were and look at their list of keywords and how they're building them out and what the, you know, what defines a motivated seller. And so it was really just a combination of working with the guys over at We Buy Houses, the corporate office, and us jumping into those campaigns and just doing, you know, following our process of how we manage an AdWords campaign. And right. so we, and when we look at that, I mean, we talk about Google ads and there's also the search in, search in optimization side, which is Ryan can speak on. Uh, when, when you want to talk, talk about that other side of, of Google as well, but jumping into AdWords, it was really just working with the We Buy House guys and getting a, a real good feel for how their business works. Because until we jumped in, I we'd never worked with real estate investors. Right. No, the reason I ask is, you know, before the show, you and I were chatting a little bit about my experience with an agency such as, you know, I don't want to put say such as yours because, frankly, by the sounds of it, it's night and day. I mean. The company that I had had no experience with real estate investors, and they were a large, com- a fairly large company, and I just felt like I was being put into the whatever box they thought I'd fit in, and I wasn't getting anywhere near the results that I felt I should. In fact, I it almost felt like I was developing the keywords and, and the campaign anyway. Right, right. You had mentioned they kept wanting you to be a realtor and not a real estate <laughs> investor. Right. So, so it Apple's felt an like I was there. competing against myself or competing against an industry that I really wasn't interested in. Right, right. So I'm sure that was a, a pretty frustrating experience. So right. I, I think one of the things when we talk to new potential clients that they obviously like is the fact that we, we have been working in this space going on five years. So if we're running a Google Ads campaign for somebody, we're actually in, in let's say we test some ad copy or test keywords or um whatever it may be, convert, uh, looking at a site, trying to make it convert better. When we do come across things that we feel like are working or moving the needle, then a lot of times we'll share that across the board with all of our accounts. So if we're, if we're testing here, there's a really good chance it could benefit you, even though it could be two totally separate sides of the, of the country. So this is one of the benefits of working with an agency that works with a lot of different real estate investors around the country. Yeah. Oh, so the, that that agent that company that you helped with, and you found that they were advertising for bounce houses. Have you have you found that that's the case? It, it almost sounds like they probably copied and pasted a list of keywords from some lo, someplace, and well, and, hit, and hit pay, and off it ran. That campaign was built by the We Buy House uh, We Buy Houses corporate. So what we found with those campaigns, they were built out of the gate properly. But what Google's really really good at is giving you suggestions, especially if, if, if you're a do-it-yourself when you're trying to manage your own campaign. They, they give you these suggestions that make it look like 
click here, add these suggestions to your campaign, and you'll, you'll magically move the needle. And a lot of times what we found, those are just designed to make Google money and, and not lead to better conversions or to a better optimized or better performing campaign. So that's really, they're real good at letting waste creep in there. Um, you know, one of the main things you've got to do with an AdWords, simple AdWords count. I'm going to say AdWords and Google Ads. I'm going to get them intertwined all day because I've said Google AdWords for the last 15 years and they just changed it. So excuse my, if I'm saying the wrong terminology, anybody out there listening that knows what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, they're great at giving you those suggestions, hoping you'll spend more money. Um, and like I was saying, one of the basic, basic things you've got to do is create a negative keyword list and then constantly be updating that list. And so it's as simple as making bounce house, you know, putting that on your keyword negative list. So telling Google, I do not want to show up for bounce houses. So mm. just simple things like that, that if you're doing it yourself, um, more than likely going to miss a lot of these little things that could really help your campaign perform better. Well, that, that was a piece of information there that uh, I think people, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with is that there's even a negative keyword list when it comes to Google ads. Yes, we have a, we have a very robust uh, keyword list, negative keyword list. And anytime we launch a new campaign with a new client there, we're automatically loading that list up to their campaigns as well. So out of the gate, you're already, you're really getting the best of our best campaigns to that date, meaning anything we've changed or tested that we feel like is working, um, we're always incorporating that into a new campaign for a new real estate investor that we may uh, be launching. So how do you manage these these Google campaigns? Are they like in the, the individual's Google ads account or do you have some sort of consolidated portal that you manage all of this from? Typically, they are in our, what's called an MCC account. They're in our Google account. And click that out there. And so, but we have, we've also managed accounts. People, we've talked to REIs and they've already had a Google AdWords account set up in their own MCC. And so, they'll ask us, can you just build it in my account? So, we're, we're happy to do that too. We don't, we're not in the business of, of holding campaigns hostage or, or, when we build out a new campaign, we do charge a one-time setup fee. It's our feeling that, hey, if you're going to pay us to set it up, it's your campaign. So if someone were working with us and were to leave, they can take that campaign with them as well. But to answer your question, majority of our Google Ads campaigns are built in our MCC account, and we're managing them because most of the REIs we talk to, um, aren't, aren't, they don't have their own account set up. They don't manage their own account, nor do they want to. Sure. I feel like we've kind of done this a little backwards because I, and we're going to have to get to the search engine optimization and stuff here soon. But, um, and usually you usually have to uh, support what you're talking about with a good website and, and SEO. But could we get a couple ideas as, you know, like I told you when we started this recording that a lot of investors are trying to wring out every penny they can in, in marketing. Um, a great example is what we were chatting about before as well is, is our postcards and the mailing campaigns. We're just not seeing the return on investment that we have in the past. Like what, what ways do you have to, uh, keep costs under control and like low hanging fruit that somebody could possibly implement, implement right now for their Google ad campaign? Well, that's a that's a great question. We hear questions like that similar to that a bunch. 
Uh, Google does a really good job. We talked about this earlier of not giving you a, a formula of one plus one plus one equals three. They don't really give you the playbook of how to make it all work. Obviously, they're a little more helpful with AdWords because that's their paid elements where they're making all their money. Um, one of the simplest things you can do to really help your campaigns, what we just talked about, make sure you have a robust negative keyword list and you're telling Google what you do not want to show up with. And, and really doing that, the way to come over that is, is just to be monitoring your campaign, looking at it daily, weekly, and making sure, seeing what searches are coming in and um, making sure if you see anything um, that you don't want to be showing up for that is, that's in your account, uh, adding that to your negative keyword list. Um, it just takes, and I think that's why agencies, or I should say why so many people don't want to manage these, because it does take real work. It does take real effort daily to, to look at these campaigns and see what is going on uh, with those. As far as um, the, you mentioned the, the cost per lead or, or no, the, the ROI. What were you saying? You're, you feel like your uh, yeah, motivated leads are down? Or? Yeah, our, 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 the ROI on our mail-out campaigns right now is, is very, very poor, you know. Um, if, if you get a 1% response, response rate, you, that's, that's amazing. What was that again? If you get a 1% response rate, that's amazing. Right. Right. We found with AdWords, there's fluctuation in this. So a little background, we've been doing AdWords, Google ads for, like I said, 10 years, ever since they launched it. Um, the real estate investment vertical in this space, for some reason, uh, we do see it go up and down. And if you were looking at our our corporate site, everydaymediagroup.com, you see our three core values on there. And one of them, number two, is 100% transparent. So I'm very transparent with all of our potential new REIs. And I tell them, look, there's there's uh, we're going to have some really great months and be ginning along. And then we may hit a dip or two and go down. The key thing is don't panic. Just stay the course. Um, look at the data because we have seen um, our months go up and down. Great months turn into okay months, might have a bad month, and all of a sudden we're trending back upwards. And 100% transparency, sometimes we're looking at each other saying, what is what is actually causing all this? We have ideas and theories, but Google doesn't tell you. They don't, you know, all of a sudden have a green light popping on. You've hit the magic combination and keep doing that. So they definitely make a challenge in that. And to me, it's just because they want to keep getting paid, right? They want to keep that advertising medium going and, and not make it uh, easy for anybody to, to figure it out. The keywords go up and down too. We see costs up and down um, mm-hmm. anywhere from, you know, $20 up to $60, $70, $80 a click. We definitely don't want to, we don't want to be paying $80 per click if we don't have to. Um, at the same time, if we pay $60, $70 a click and we're getting conversions. Uh, we've never had an investor tell us that's bad. So, it's really what's the data telling us and then try to adjust and, and keep moving. And I'd, I'd guess that those clicks have a lot to do with the market you're targeting as well. Like we, if you're in Houston, Texas, uh, because of the, of the size of the market compared to Fargo, North Dakota, it's the, the cost per click is going to be pretty different. It is. It can definitely, your geographic area can, can definitely dictate that more competition. I mean, it is a real live, it's a live auction. It's keywords getting bid on throughout the day, every day, all day long. So we have a new campaign in Omaha, Nebraska. We've actually never run a campaign there, but we're only a week or so old, but our cost per clicks $56. And I was actually talking to the gentleman who runs our campaigns this morning and I was saying, you know, what can we do to lower that? 
And he looked at the data and said, well, Google said we need a razor clicks. <laughs> so obviously we'll, we'll make some tweaks here and try to get that cost down because we typically don't, don't run an average of, of 56 costs per click. But out of the gate, that's what it is right now. So um, mm -hmm. hopefully we'll be able to get that down a little bit because uh, investors can get a little spooked, especially new ones that are getting in, into AdWords and seeing that type of a cost just to, just to have a click to have an opportunity to get a conversion. So with that being said, is there like a suggestion, like what does, what would you typically recommend on the low end for somebody to budget on a monthly basis for something like this? Well, that particular investor's budgeted too low. So we're, we're getting a click a day and we're off. When we look at how we do our management fees and, and our, when we talk about budgets, our smallest budget that we'll, we'll recommend a run is 1500 a month. And so that only gives you $50 a day because Google, if you just do the easy math, 30 days in a month about divided by 15, it only gives you $50 a day to run. So um, that could be one click and, and you're down, meaning your ads are offline for the rest of the day. So really just depends on area and geo, uh, how big a population we're, we're targeting and things of that nature for a budget recommendation. Um, it, looking at, say, Omaha, Nebraska, he needs to be a minimum probably 2500 a month to 3000 just looking at early data coming in. So it's obviously not a, uh, the cheapest medium out there, but we all know one deal, a couple of deals a month could be a great ROI with a Google ads campaign. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't want to, the reason I asked too is I didn't want to scare people off because sure. frankly, some of the yellow letter campaigns that a lot of people are running right now cost far more than 1500 a month. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and I always try to be sensitive of that because, you know, $5 is $5, right? So, and, and we definitely are conservative yeah. with people's budget. We take that really seriously. It's, everybody works hard hard to make, make money. And so when we're doing our campaigns on Google, we definitely, I always feel like we start off on a more conservative approach to really see what the data tells us and, and make those adjustments based on what the campaign is telling us. Even though, like I said, we run them all day. Uh, every day of the year, we've got a campaign running, but they're all different. They're all unique to that territory and what's going on today. What, what happened today, obviously, in Google Ads is different than what happened back in 2016. So it's just always changing. But we're, we're big believers in it. We, if it's done right, we really think it can have a positive impact and uh, produce a good ROI. But also tell people, hey, it's just, it's just one channel, right? If, if Diddy, you and I were working together, and you said, hey, I'm doing Drake Mail and it's working. But I'm thinking about moving my budget to AdWords. I'd say, no, if that channel's working, keep doing it. You know, don't stop it. If you want to try AdWords, create a new budget, right? So, right. Because it, it is, it's right. just one channel of many that you can do in this space, as you know. So, and, and just to remind everybody, head, head over to investornitro.com for more information and connect with ryan and todd uh regarding this option and these uh, what what options that they'd have available for, for you i think i think you even have a uh free quick consult or an audit don't you yes we do and, and you mentioned one of the when you mentioned that a while ago what, what are some of the things you can do is to, to help your campaign is if you see something like we're offering take that agency up on it and let them do a free analysis on your adwords account and and see what uh what they're seeing and, and, and suggestions and, and, and whatnot. Our consultation is exactly what's designed for. We're happy to take a look at your, your Google ads campaign and tell you what we like and, and what we don't like. And a lot of times we look at them, we see a lot of 
things we don't like, but there's also times, JD, where we see a lot of things we do like. So at the end of the day, it's free information to, to, to do what you want with it. Uh, we hope, obviously, we'd love to work with you, but if we feel like you're in, doing a good job in the right hands, we'll, we'll tell you that. So mm-hmm. uh, we're big believers that there's plenty of business for everybody, so you'll never hear us bash a competitor. And, uh, you know, it is what it is as far as when we see the data. Um, right. We'll let you know, hey, here's our thoughts. So um, a lot of good tips. There's a lot of good tips in there. And the, if an audit's done right, that can help uh, help you correct some things that might be costing you money or, or some reasons why maybe you're converting poorly. Right. Well, one of the one of the things I'm going to head over to Ryan here. Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot on a couple of things because you you mentioned, Todd, that um, you wouldn't stop one one avenue if if it's working for you. One of the things that I found that has worked for us to a certain extent is my direct mail campaign. I ensure that I have a web URL on every piece that goes up because if they're not going to call me, I can at least drive them to my website where I have the, the Facebook pixel and the Google pixel, all of that loaded and ready for them so I can chase them around a little bit. But Ryan, what, can you talk a little bit about the importance of a website and, and uh, what uh, some of that low-hanging fruit there that uh, people may be missing? Uh, I know some people will go as far as just throw up a WordPress site and hope for the best. Yeah, so digitally and this is even true in direct mail campaigns for the most part ultimately they a lot of the direct mail campaigns i see you're you're driving somebody to a website um to ultimately convert and so it's a sort of you know if you build it they will come sort of thing in the organic space but even in paid and in direct mail there ultimately has to be somewhere for them to land and ultimately provide information if they're not going to call the number directly on the card and so i mean what we've really found over the past four or five years of building real estate investor websites is that um, it's a little bit of a I don't know if saturated market is the right word, but there's a lot of players that are out there and there's a lot of people who have thrown up real estate investor websites with pictures of fistfuls of cash on them. And what I find in a lot of our marketing efforts is that there's a lot of what I call these sort of drive-by submissions of somebody who will go and submit to 10 different real estate investor websites. And then let's just see who can get me closest to market. Um, A big thing that we have tried to drive home with the websites that we've been building is making them personal, making the real estate investor, the face of that and, and focusing really on the, the pain that's sort of driving somebody towards a real estate investor. What is the need? Why are they involved in this transaction? Because for most of these people, yes, there's relief if they get rid of their house, but this isn't a problem that they wanted to have to begin with. And so I want to make sure that it's very relationship focused and very consumer focused in its orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, we build in WordPress as well. Um, we did, we did for SEO reasons, we did some piloting in another platform at one point too, but we've kind of come back to WordPress just because it tends to be very easy for, for, for both our staff and for our customers to use. Right. No, and WordPress is a great platform. It's just that, you know, like what I mentioned was, is that uh, people trying to do some of this on their own, they don't have a lot of website building skills and they jump on Fiverr, pay somebody five bucks to throw up a template. Yeah. And I mean, and, and a lot of it really depends on what it is you're, you're, 
ambitions are from a marketing perspective. For example, there, there is a lot that you can get away with um, in a Google AdWords campaign that you can't get away with so much in a search engine optimization campaign. And so what, what we try to do, since those are those two channels are our primary channels for advertising, we try to make sure that these two channels can work very synergistically because the needs of SEO are not um, opposed to the needs of AdWords. And if we can get you firing on, on all cylinders for both of those channels, there's a good chance that AdWords and SEO will both convert really well. So, um, I mean, the biggest problem that I find when people go, and, and this goes into Google AdWords advertising too, is that the, the, the ceiling there, the amount of things that you could know about doing any of these things is just immense. And for a lot of our real estate investors, that's really not how they want to be spending the majority of their time. Um, is, is getting into the getting into the weeds of, of AdWords, for example, or getting into the weeds of website development. It's really a situation where you can take advantage of all of this wealth of knowledge that we've collected over the past five years in a very vertical specific way. Because you brought this up earlier in the call. This is a problem in the agency space is you're an agency, you do AdWords. So you could do AdWords in any vertical. You could do SEO in any vertical. You write copy in any vertical. And that's not really the case in my experience on the level of specialization that we've been able to apply to this has led to a situation where we've, we've been able to cultivate a few high performing templates that we have data. We know, okay, we don't need to go into a vague process designing some custom website for you. We've got things that work. We've got campaigns that work. Um, if we can get an appropriate budget together, um, we have very, very good chance of success in your market without having to spend a lot of time sort of building from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at one point, you know, I heard quite for quite a while that content is king and you, it's all about trying to feed the website with, with value and content. Um, I yeah. think that's a, one thing that scares a lot of investors off too, because who has time to write all that? No, it's, it's a lot of effort. And there's frankly, a lot of things that you need to know to really build particularly on the SEO side to build content that is going to rank well. Um, so that's one of the big value adds that we really bring to the table is for, for all of our sites, we do write unique SEO optimized content. And that content is informed by the hundreds and hundreds of pages that we've produced in the past few years in all of these different markets and seeing what performs and what doesn't. Um, so it's, Again, it's it's one of those areas, and I would even say in AdWords too, things have changed in AdWords too. I, I don't know if this has been talked about on previous um, podcasts, but Google last year changed the way that we could bid on real estate-related keywords. And one of the most substantial was that they got rid of our ability to target based on zip code, which was a big deal for real estate investors because we would get guys who would call in and be like, hey, man. I keep getting calls in this, in this particular zip code and I don't want it. And, and some of that targeting has been taken away for various reasons that we can get into if you want to. But um, so it's all the more need at this point in time to have somebody who's really carefully watching that campaign and trying to make sure that we are actually getting motivated sellers um, from the clicks that we're getting. Hmm. What, what, yeah. Now that you opened the door, why did they make that change? Um, I, th- I think that there's some, some sort of legislative rumblings going on about 
equal opportunity and, and people being able to get housing and some perception, I think, in, in government that real estate investors make it difficult for low-income people to buy homes. And so they got rid of it. It wasn't just, it wasn't just zip codes. They did a bunch of things, um, gender, age, parental status, marital status, um, things that they felt were sensitive categories that might lead to discrimination in the way that we were bidding on their ads. So that's something that we've had to uh, adapt to in the past six or seven months. Um, and it's just another challenge that's sort of brought to the table, I think, for a real estate investor who maybe already doesn't know what they're doing. And on top of that has been given a little bit less targeting um, than they used to have. Right. So, well, it sounds like yeah. a, a majority of the targeting is gone now. How do you, how do you target some of these people? Well, um, there's a lot of different strategies that we can employ, but a lot of it gets back to the, to the negative list and to try and, you know, in every market, it's a little bit different and trying to look at it and determine which of these clicks are actually resulting in qualified leads. Um, because this can vary from market to market. You can, you do have this conventional wisdom that sell my house fast or we buy houses that these are just money keywords everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Some markets, they don't perform as well as they do in others. And so what we do look at as we gather data in these campaigns is try to determine um, which keywords are performing best and, and pulling off of keywords that aren't, um, e even in the absence of some of these these nice bid modifiers that we used to have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when people start paying for ads to promote their website, whether in them using keywords and, and a few other things, how does that impact the organic search engine up search engine results? Does that impact it at all just because of the extra traffic or is it not even associated? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been, I'm not sure that this has ever been explicitly said, but it's been suspected for a long time that um, user engagement signals like time on page, for example, and balance rate are being taken into account to determine the quality of the page. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you do have in an organic campaign is that when you're starting from the bottom, um, there's not a lot of traffic that's just flowing to your website. In other words, there's just not a lot of data that's being collected early on on the quality of those pages. And so, again, as far as I'm aware, this is not something that Google has shown their hand on, but being able to drive traffic through PPC to your website and to begin to demonstrate through those user engagement metrics that people are actually finding value on that page, I believe increases the likelihood that it will rank organically as well, because organic is definitely driven by those kinds of signals. Sure. How about like video and some other kind of content? How important is that now uh, as part of that content on a website? Um, video is crucial. This gets back to some of the personalization that we talked about. Um, a big thing I try to drive our clients to do is to um, develop a personal relationship with that person on the homepage. So again, rather than having stock photos of, of fistfuls of cash, I like to have a you know maybe a photo of the um, of the investor and his family. Right, uh, I build that personal relationship with it with them on the homepage. And if and if I do have an investor who either has a video or we've even I mean in the past we've even developed video with our investors. Um, if that opportunity avails itself, I'll put that towards the top of the page because video gets a lot of engagement, increases the time on page, getting back to those user experience signals. Um, and it also begins to build that personal relationship between 
um, that motivated seller and the investor. Sure. So if, if somebody was looking to build a new online presence for a website yeah. and they're, and they're talking to their local, um, web developer, what's, what are a couple of the questions they should be asking to ensure that they're going to do a good job and that it's a good fit? Um, I'm always worried that we're getting involved with companies that really don't know what we do as real estate investors. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I've thrown a lot of money out myself doing that. The, the, the biggest factors that I'm typically looking for there, and these may sound a little bit fuzzy and non-technical, but I'm mostly looking, again, I'm looking for that building a relationship of trust, right? Especially during the, that first sort of 768 pixels on the page. Like, I want them to know who we are, what we do, and why they should trust us. Because you're there, if you're in a big market, you're there with dozens and dozens and dozens of other real estate investors. How are you going to stand out? And a big way that you can stand out is by putting your face out there, putting this human element to the pain that's driving somebody to this page and start building that relationship. And then the second component on a technical level is just, look, over 60% of search volume is happening on mobile. And so if you are talking to a web developer, I want to make sure that mobile is being treated more or less like your quote unquote real website. Because the orientation for a long time was, well, what does it look like, like on desktop, right? Here, here's the desktop. Desktop looks awesome. But the reality is that the majority of your customers may never see your desktop website. And so there just needs to be a strong emphasis on making uh, mobile usable and attractive uh, for, for these motivated sellers. Sure. So, so based on what we we're talking about here today, you uh-huh. know, we're talking about having a search engine optimized website and the Google AdWords and some of these other campaigns, I'm sure we could probably spend an entire episode talking about Facebook and social media for that matter. Like how how do we get this all to work together and coordinate some sort of marketing campaign? Um, So it depends a little bit on, it depends a little bit on the individual investor. A lot of the reason why we'll typically go down an SEO road to start out is, is if, for example, if you're a real estate investor in a major metro, it's entirely and then you're just starting out. It's entirely possible that you don't really have the budget to keep the lights on for as long as you need to every day um, to get enough clicks to start getting those sellers. So we do, at least at our agency, we do have price points for SEO campaigns that will allow us to focus on. Um, organic search and Google My Business, and to start building some presence. Um, your mileage again will will vary by the market. If you do have a lot of competition in your market, SEO can be a long play. It's a worthwhile play, but it can be a longer play than it is in areas where you have less competition. Um, but when we get a Google, when we get an SEO campaign together, first of all, we improve the website as much as we can both in terms of its conversion rate optimization and in terms of its search engine optimization. And what that allows us to do is to have a very, very well-prepared website for when that AdWords campaign gets started. Um, The third component here, and the one that we really haven't gone over, I know you mentioned social, but the one that I tend to focus on the most is actually Google My Business itself. Um, Because some of the data that, that we get about that suggests that about 46% 46% of those people who are seeing local search results 
are making decisions based upon what they see in the map pack, which are those, you know, the map and the three search results that appear in local searches. Um, so a big part of what we focus on is on trying to um, help them show up in the map pack for their target market. And unfortunately, Google My Business is pretty counterintuitive um, when it comes to how you might actually go about doing that. And so we try to help investors uh, position themselves for success in Google My Business as well as with their website itself. No, you, you just uh, sprung a, a small idea that I, I've had for a while is that it, yeah. it seems like, at least in my market, it seems like when I'm doing a Google search for you know, sell house fast or whatever. Um, you're getting, I'm getting a ton of national, like big chains. Yeah. Um, that, that are popping up in the search. And, uh, I'm wondering if I need to provide more and more of an emphasis that I'm a local guy. Um, I think that's part of it. I think a big part of it is trying to cast a net as, as wide as you can geographically on your website. In other words, you know, let's we'll go back to Houston since that was an example used earlier, right? You may think of Houston proper as the crown jewel, but the truth is that there's a whole constellation of cities and areas that you'd probably be more than happy to buy in um, that you could build content out for on your website, for example. Mm. That could be one way that you could go about it. Um, in terms of Google My Business itself, um, the big challenge that we have, and this is true despite the rollout of um, Google My Business service areas, is that Google tends to preferentially display people who are literally within the city that was searched for. And this is a real challenge if, you know, to take our market locally as an example, like if you're in Dallas and you're a real estate investor, there is a good chance that you might be willing to drive to Plano to buy a home. But the reality is the way that Google My Business just treats you like you're a subway location, right? Like everyone is motivated to, to use the real estate investor who is geographically closest to them. That would be the best real estate investor for them. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. And so um, part of what I encourage people to do when it's possible is if you can set up other legitimate locations, you know, I know it's a little bit different in this line of work, but if you can set up other legitimate locations in areas that you care about, claiming a Google My Business profile for those can be a powerful way to get some presence in those cities. Um, by far and away, the biggest problems that I've, I've noticed this, especially in the past six months, um, the biggest problems that we've begun to have in the REI space and Google My Business have been saturation and then web spam. And I think that Almost everyone in every market can relate to the fact that there is a we buy houses something springing up every single night. It seems yeah. like in your market, um, and it's a, it's a challenge. It's almost like digitized bandit signs <laughs> that are starting to show up in Google My Business, and it and it's a challenge. And we have we have ways that we can try to help you overcome that through reputation, through review generation, through Google My Business posting. Um, but Google My Business is still. I would say it's one of the big three in terms of channels. Um, so many people are responding to what's going on in maps and to the reputational signals that they get inside of maps. And so we have to pay serious attention to that, especially in the context of an SEO campaign. Well, that, that is a big tip. Um, and in fact, I don't think a lot of people uh, are likely aware of how important the Google, my business 
as- aspect actually is? It's 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 crucial. Google is a little bit stingy with some of the performance metrics, but there is a good percentage of phone calls that come directly out of Google My Business itself without ever reaching your website. So of all of the publishers, and I mean, there's a lot of citations that you could do. And I, and I obviously, I mean, I, I'm, I'm future thinking, I would love for you to pop up on Alexa or Siri or, or these voice search platforms. But the reality is, is that at this moment in time, Google My Business is still, uh, in my opinion, the biggest publisher that there is. Um, in terms of people that you want to be listed with. Hmm. So, well, I, I see that I've, I've definitely consumed far more time than I think I, I, I promised you guys. I, otherwise I can keep going <laughs> before we, before we uh, call it good here today, though, is there anything, is there a question you wished I would have asked you? That's a great question. Todd, can you think of anything? Well, I was thinking that's a good question too. Um, no, I don't. Um, I can't. The I always tell people that we start talking about marketing. It's like a spider web that never ends, right? Mm. You mentioned that, JD. We could people ask me all the time, "How long do we need to to have a introductory call?" And I always say, it "Depends on how many questions you're going to ask," because we could literally talk all day about digital marketing. But I cannot think of anything I wish you'd ask me. Okay. Well, I, really I, I, I appreciate your time. This is, this has been a gr- really, a, I appreciate all of the insight and information you gave to me and the, and the, and the crew. Um, definitely take them up on this, analyze your current site with free website audit. I mean, what, like Todd had mentioned, why wouldn't you take somebody up on something like that? Head over to investornitro.com. Um, I hope we can do this again sometime. I think we could really do a deep dive, especially around social media. Yeah, we'd love to. So uh, we're happy to, to help out. And uh, it's a lot of what Investor Nitro is about and how we want to really engage with that site is just helping investors and, and give out free information. And um, like I said, you mentioned, Jay, happy to do an AdWords audit. We're happy to do a website audit, which would also tell SEO. So uh, worst case scenario, you're going to have some idea of, of what's hurting your campaigns if, if you take us up on that on that offer so we'd love to uh to uh visit as many real estate investors as we can and help as many as we can too well i appreciate it again it's investornitro.com thanks guys thank you thanks so much this has been the rei mastermind network you can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way if you are interested in what we have planned head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated, along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time, and tell a friend.